podcast. Welcome to another episode of Over Us today. Eric, now I know we say it every time. I know we say this every time, but we have a, a very special guest today. And I mean this more than I've ever meant it. Oh my God. Ever. That's four episodes okay. in a row. <laughs> I mean, we just we just keep leveling up though. We do. So I mean, we have Sam Coleman on the podcast. He's a former MBA star. He's now a real estate star, a luxury realtor, a coach. He's just a star all around. Sam, thanks for, so much for being on. Thank you guys for having me. Don't put too much pressure on me. Now I got to perform. <laughs> so Sam, for, the people people what they want. Not, for people who may not know you, can you kind of give us your elevator pitch? Um, I am a 6'10 luxury real estate agent, former professional basketball player, grew up in Baltimore, East Coast guy, uh, traveled to Houston, Texas for my opportunity with the Houston Rockets in 2010, um, tore my ACL, never got a chance to play. 2014, um, came to the end of my career when I was presented with the opportunity with the Phoenix Suns in 2015, went to the G League, got cut in training camp. Um, then my wife said, hey, you got to do something. You can't sit on the couch. Went and got a job at Solar City. The Phoenix Suns called me back three months later. I quit, didn't touch a basketball. The GM called me and said, hey, Sam, you in shape? I said, yes, I'm in shape. So they flew me to Dallas to play on Friday. Saturday, I played, played terrible. Sunday, plane ticket back to Vegas. And my wife said, now what are you going to do? Didn't want to take the walk of shame back to Solar City. So I started driving for Uber and I started to pursue my real estate license in 2015. Failed five times, got it on the fifth try. I failed four times, got it on the fifth try. And... um. My very first sale came from an Uber ride for 205000 My fourth sale came from a million-dollar deal that I did an open house on, put out 35 signs, uh, went all the way home, took a shower because in Vegas it's 110 degrees in the summer, flew all the way back uh, on, the, uh, uh, on the highway to get back to that house. When I pulled up to that house, there was a brand-new white Escalade with the temp tag on it. They were just about to pull off, blew the horn at them, and I said, hey, are you guys here to see the open house? They said, yes. Those were the people that bought that house, and I had been sitting in that house since I had been in the business, and that was my first million-dollar sale. got the first big commission check, and I said 205000 30000 commission check. Uh, I like the $30,000 checks more, yep. so <laughs> let me just focus on this. Yep. That's awesome. That's a hell of an elevator pitch. I mean, that's... That that story is unlike anyone else has had on the show. I was, I I was go, gonna say, yeah, that's. I, I want to go back real quick to the Rockets. I'm a, I'm a huge basketball fan. So mm -hmm. was that on? Was that Chase Budinger? Was he on that team also? I know that's yes. Yao Ming, right? Aaron Brooks and that squad. Yep. So Chase what's funny is because Chase Budinger, uh, he was who I was guarding, mm -hmm. and I played this power forward and center all through uh, college. And um, when I got to go play, they had um, Chuck Hayes. Um, I think, uh, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that was the year my, uh, Yao Ming retired. Mm -hmm. He retired that year. He had just come back from the foot injury. And he was training to get back to, to come back to play, but it was just too much. And he ended up retiring that year. But, yeah, that was the year with Chase. Yeah, I'm a Nick huge Wyatt. Arizona Wildcats mm -hmm. fan. So, Buttinger was mm -hmm. like our, our hope for a few years and didn't really pan yeah. out necessarily. But mm -hmm. that's awesome. So, then, so you tore your ACL. And then – yep. You so three years later, the Mavs called you just for like one game, like you played in the league for one more game and then had an off night. No, so the so uh, when I tore my ACL in 2010, so basically how I even got there to the Rockets, I went uninvited to uh, Portsmouth, Virginia, to the pre-draft camp, 
And when I got there, I wasn't invited. I was just basically there shooting around, playing basketball, um, shooting, get, just getting some shots up. I was hoping for an opportunity because the guy that told me to go, he knew somebody that he had met in the 70s and 80s, and he helped him get his coaching career started. And that was Stu Jackson, who was second in command at the time uh, in the NBA. And uh, the guy that basically brought me there said, if I could just run into him, I'll get you a shot. Well, sure enough, he ran into Stu Jackson. Stu put me on the court with a couple other players, um, and they put me through a couple workouts. And the head scout from the Houston Rockets, uh, Brent Johnson, he said, hey, I'm, uh, you should go to Houston. And if John Lucas says you can play, then you can play. You'll get your shot. So, But you got to go work out with Luke first. So I, I flew to Houston, worked out with Luke. Um, Luke was impressed, and he said, this kid, you know, he, he's just relentless. He just keeps working. I walked to my first workout. So I didn't even know. I, I, I didn't have anything, didn't have any money. I stayed at a hotel that they put me in. And all I knew is I had to be at St. Thomas University at 9 a.m. Well, I got up at 5 a.m., worked out, walked to the walked to the gym, and that's how I got my first opportunity. And John Lucas, once he found out about that, he says, so we're going to get you a job. The next week I was at the Toyota Center working out for the Rockets. And then uh, 2011, the lockout happened. Right. So I turned my ACL in 2010. 2011, I'm hurried to come back. The lockout happened. So there's no NBA. So I go to the G League. I'm in the G League and I came back way too early. I was in this constant pursuit of like, man, I got so close. I'm right there. I'm right there. I'm right there. This is my chance. This is my chance. I came back too soon. And all of my film, Nick Nurse was my coach at the time. And Nick Nurse, he came to me. He would tell me stories about how, you know, when he was young as a shooter, these were the things that he would do. And he's the one that pretty much made me a shooting power forward. And he would make me stay after practice every day and make 100 threes from three spots. He was on that early, huh? Because that's yep. kind of like early Steph Curry before the entire league mm-hmm. transformed. Don't worry, Matt. We'll get into yep. real estate yeah. stuff as well. Hey, listen mm-hmm. here. I, I, I uh, <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I was a, <laughs> I was a basketball star, grade five, okay? I was mm-hmm. center. I was fantastic. Uh, don't know the, uh, the, I, uh, I was actually, believe it or not, I was the tallest person in the grade, uh, at a, at a five, five. So we playing against uh, second grade too much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Second and third, you know, <laughs> uh, grade five, I had the advantage for sure. Right. Sam, how tall are you? I'm curious now. Uh, I'm six ten. Oh, Eric. Yeah. You're six three. You're a little, you're a little wimp. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Hey, yes. Crush I am. <laughs> now this is the, this I'm curious though. I do still want to talk about the basketball. It seems I've heard it time and time again. Cause I know some other professionals in, you know, uh, mainly hockey. That's all we do out here, Sam. We're, I'm Canadian I'm from Toronto. It's all we mm-hmm. really know. You know, everyone hates the Raptors too. I mean, we mm-hmm. should just be kicked out of the league at this point. I feel like everyone fucking hates us. <laughs> what do you mean? But, Who hates the Raptors? <laughs> I, 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 everyone that's not in Toronto hates the Raptors, uh, yeah. like all the players and stuff. They like don't want to come to Canada because it's cold and makes our, sense. It's freezing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you look at the major, if you look at the major markets, like, you know, Toronto, Minnesota, Indiana, who really like in theory, these are places <laughs> where people are growing up, but as a player and you're going to make millions of dollars and because you're the best at what you do and you get to choose sometimes where to go. Would you choose LA? Would you choose Minnesota? No, like, <laughs> that's why I mean, you know, when LeBron went from Cleveland, it made sense. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. 
but it was also his hometown. So there's kind of the, the, I want to represent my hometown. I want to bring a championship here. I want to leave a legacy. Yeah, I did that. So now I'm out. Bring me to the heat. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. And no but it's so, <laughs> it's so, it's so cutthroat. Like I watch like last chance you mm-hmm. and shit. I love that shit. It's mm-hmm. so cutthroat. And I've heard so many times that like the hardest part about it all is like not getting injured. Politics. Like you're saying, like, you know, you could have all the talent in the world as soon as you get injured. It's, it could be a career ending injury. Um, I, I rather take injuries over politics. If, if, if we were competing against injuries, I take that battle before the politics, because it doesn't matter how good you are. You can come back from an injury and still perform. Well, look at Derek Rose, look at Blake Griffin. He can still jump. They can still perform, but the politics behind it and the way that, you know, the players are exposable. They're like, you can literally go find somebody at a park that can jump high. You can find somebody in college that can shoot the ball. Well, so Team owners, they look at you as, you know, if you're a household name and you're likable, they can sell a lot of jerseys. They can put a lot of butts in the seats. You know, that it's a business. It's a business. And that's just the harsh reality of professional sports. It's the politics that are that are that are in it. And I'm not saying that from a place of like, well, I just want to play. You know, this is just the harsh reality of it. It's, that's why players will take the big contracts and they'll go where they want to go. Because look at LeBron James. He's at the age where most people will be coming to the end of their career, and he's dominating. He he had fifty six points the other night. Yeah, he did. Ten, like, in, insane, right? But if the very next game he doesn't do that, or he doesn't have a great game, or oh, he's old, he's washed up, and then the media starts to to say that, or oh, he's at the end of his career, he, it's time for him. He to sat out the next game with a sore knee, and they were killing him yeah. on first take and undisputed yeah. this morning, saying he should sit out the rest of the season. It's like the dude just dropped fifty six yeah. forty eight hours <laughs> exactly. Ago. Exactly. So you're only as good as your last game, your your last at bat. And that's how you have to live as an athlete, which sucks. Yeah. It sucks. So when did you get it's your a, real estate license or what, what made you decide to get your real estate license? Uh, so my wife's grandmother, she's a realtor. And when I had, I had just come back from, um, I want to say Israel, I had just come back from playing in Israel. And one Sunday she was doing an open house and she said, Sam, can you, uh, can you help me carry this table? And I'm doing an open house, never been inside of an open house, didn't know what it was. So I carried her table in and she goes, yeah, Sam, when I sell this house, I'm gonna get a commission check for $30,000. And at that point, I'm like, all you're doing is setting up this table. You got these cookies on the table from that you're giving that you're going to give us at Sunday dinner, and you're going to get thirty G's for this. How do wh- where do up. I sign? <laughs> yep, I just set know. up the All table you do and is just open the door. Thirty thousand right there. Yeah, the door, thirty grand. Sure. Where do I sign up? And um, that's when um, I basically said, you know, I'm going to consider. I'm going to take a look at this, and I'll never forget. I was running uh, hills. I was uh, doing training. It was the summertime. And me and my buddy, we were about to do these hill sprints and we were just stretching. And he said, bro, if you don't get a contract this season, because we were approaching the contract time, and the closer you get to that August, September uh, mark and you don't have a deal yet, it's probably like, all right, bro, you're going to have to wait till somebody gets cut. Something opens up after training camp, after preseason, because now that like nobody's going to be bringing you on. Seasons are starting. So we're getting close to that point. And I was like, man, if I don't get a, if I don't get a gig, then I'm probably going to get in real estate. And he's like, yeah, you know what? I might, I might do that too. So we both, we, we both just went out, went on that journey and, and decided to go to Groupon. That was the cheapest way to do it. Went on Groupon, did it online. What, did you real estate training? Yep. Real estate training. Mm -hmm. Did it online in a couple of weeks. And, uh, and I said, you know what, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the test and see what happens. And 
we saw what happened. It didn't work out the first time. But <laughs> hey, join the club. I failed it twice too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what's the biggest takeaway from being a professional athlete that you've taken to real estate, and how does that give you an advantage now in real estate? Um, discipline, consistency, and the ability to adapt. The you got to be able to pivot. You got to be able to change quickly, learn quickly. Um, I live seven, six years out of a suitcase, right? So I drop it. You drop me off in a country where nobody speaks English. You know, I may have another American on the team. I may have three other Americans on the team. Who knows? Uh, there's going to be a guy with my name spelled wrong that doesn't speak English. That's going to take me to the location where I'm supposed to stay. And I got to figure it out from that point on. They're going to give me some shekels. They're going to give me some yen, whatever the case may be. And then I go find food. That's how I lived for six years. So to get into real estate, all I have to do is be nice to people, be a specialist, be knowledgeable, and just go create relationships and be the expert in my field. That's all I have to do. Surely I can be, I can do, I can do this. I can do well at this. Did you have a network of athletes when you got into real estate, like former NBA players or people in Vegas that you could hook up with homes early on? Well, I had the network, but they did not want to network with me because to be honest, you know, at the, you know, I went from being the guy that we hung out in the strip clubs, we partied together to putting on a tie and now I sell luxury real estate. And, you know, as a, as an athlete, everybody wants something from you. Everybody always calls you, you know, there's this running joke. You got two phones, one for people that ask you for stuff and the one that people that care about you. And, you know, the people that care about you, never call the other phone to ask you for stuff. So now I'm that person on the other end of the phone calling you to ask for business. And um, I I saw early on that, you know, a lot of people, they just weren't receptive to it. And then um, another thing was a lot of players, they, they you know, why why use me compared to somebody that that's all that they did versus me being an athlete that's now trying to figure it out. Like, let's use the guy that already figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel that. Was I, there? Go ahead. Oh, God. No, you, uh, Sam, we interrupt each other once an episode. I, I, I need to hear what Eric says because he, he's he's somehow going to relate to you here, which I, I can't find the relatability. Yeah, I'm a, prof- I'm a professional. Like, former, I played high school golf and I you know felt the same thing. No, I, I totally <laughs> yeah. get what you're talking about in terms of, um, you know, not that I was like partying at strip clubs with people. I mean, I was, I guess, <laughs> sometimes, but, um, you know, becoming, I was in like a fraternity and was kind of like this, you know, party guy, I guess, in college. Mm-hmm. And then as we hit 25, 26, I had my real estate license. It's like, hey, time to trust me with your largest financial asset and take me seriously. Yep. So how did mm-hmm. you get people to start taking you seriously? I went to complete strangers because they couldn't judge me. Yeah. They would not. Well, they judge me, but they judge me based on what they knew. And that's what I presented to them versus everybody preaches. Go to your SOI, go to your sphere of influence. Well, my sphere of influence, they knew me a different version of me. So even now, as I started to grow my business with complete strangers, I built that validity. And then they did start to come after I built the brand validity and the the proof of concept that I'm actually good at what I do. They started to come. But but outside of that, it was it was like, hey, I got to go to people that don't know me. And then if I know everything it is to know, I won't be questioned in my on, on my tenure of being in the business. I never got the question of how long you've been in the business. I did get, man, you look really young. I've always looked really young, but I never got questioned on how long have you been in the business because I've always been a specialist. I'm just a just a glutton for information. That's exactly what happened to me too. So I had a uh, in high school, I wasn't like a good student or anything, and uh, my friends always, you know, no one would want to use me from what they knew about me. 
back then. So I totally did the same thing. I went to strangers and then I had to like work backwards and then kind of mm-hmm. gain their trust that way. So I totally relate to that. And I also relate to being a professional athlete because, you know, <laughs> yeah, we, we, everyone, uh, we both do. But I was a grade five track star, Eric. I don't know if you know that. Um, a lot happened in grade five. That's when I led the basketball team to a championship. Uh, also, yeah, I, mean, I won the kindergarten chess championship when I was you know, in kindergarten. <laughs> well, I got 18th in the country, just, but I'm not still talking about that, you know? I was fantastic. Matt, did you lead the league uh, in rebounds since you were the <laughs> since you were the center? <laughs> yeah, I did. That's yeah, a bunch of three foot <laughs> second graders. He did. <laughs> so Sam, once you um, once you did, I know you said you got uh, your first couple leads and sales from Uber, but what was your main source of lead generation when you got into the business? Open houses and door knocking. So my first year, I did 144 open houses in my first year. And it was it was all I knew because I, I tried cold calling. I used to be in the bullpen um, at KW for a very short period of time when I was with KW. Uh, we would They would just preach cold calling. And I was just getting my face beat in cold calling. And I'm like, this is miserable. And I had this uh, conversation with the broker and he said, uh, I'll never forget JC Melvin. He said, Sam, the agent with the most friends win. You got to be unforgettable. I said, well, nobody knows that I'm 6'10 calling them on the phone. But once you meet me, you can't unmeet me. Once you meet me and I just get to talk to you for five minutes, I know for a fact that I will be able to get your contact information, give you the information that you need so you can make the best decision for you and your family, but I got to get in front of people. So open houses were the best way and door knocking. I sucked at door knocking, but I was great at open houses. And the only reason I even door knocked was to invite people in the neighborhood to come to the open houses. So I just I, I just inherently got good at door knocking just from failing at it for so long because I was trying to get people to come to my open house. That's um, That's so much like me again, because I was always... Before social media, that's how I get most of my business now. But before that, uh, open houses were my main source of lead generation as well because I liked the fact that they came to me. I'd never like mm-hmm. to impose on people. That was like my main thing that I couldn't mm-hmm. get past. But for you, like being 6'10", that's like such an icebreaker. Like I, I assume yep. everyone is like, oh, how tall are you? Like, and then yep. like It's like a friendly conversation that you could lead anywhere from there so that's pretty cool correct Mm -hmm. that's what and that's what i teach my agents that's whatever you have you know there's a there's an agent i believe she's out of florida Uh, her name is pinky i think she's branding herself she has pink hair and that's always a conversation starter about you know just about whatever it is that you have and people say i would argue people people would argue with me and say well sam i'm not 610 how do i be successful well kevin hart isn't 610 and he's pretty daggone funny and he's pretty successful so the height mugsy bows shortest player in the nba it, it, it doesn't matter your height it's how can you be memorable pinky we're doing a right. panel with her at the boomtown event matt yes pinky and uh See? yeah someone else yeah, there's there's a guy we've but, mentioned too on the and, podcast. And actually, just look at that. Yeah, that's that's actually Brandy. such a good example. We just said Pinky and some other fucking guy. Like, well, the, you know, the, that was the, the other the other fucking yeah. guy is a guy that wears an orange <laughs> suit everywhere. I've mentioned him before, and this guy wears like an that's orange that suit guy? to all, all the Inman conferences. No, he's not. <laughs> he he's like? not the guy. He's not the guy on our panel, but he's just. This is his thing. Is like he wears a suit. Oh, it's orange. No, but so, what yeah, he's yeah. what I was saying was. That's a perfect example because we went, we're, we're speaking with Pinky and some guy. So like that's yep. the power of exactly. branding right there. 
Exactly. I mean, the what? orange suit guy was that fucking Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber. I don't know <laughs> what he's trying to do, but <laughs> but uh, that's no, that's that's awesome. That's again what I always say. Like people, I do like the funny comedy skits on Instagram, and people are like, I want to mm-hmm. do something creative, but I'm not funny. Well, you don't have to be funny. You got to find that trait of yours, that characteristic that sets you apart, and then kind of lean into that. I think you're doing yes. a great job with that. How many agents do you have? with you now sam all right let's take a break from the fire we're spinning out uh eric do you want to make 2022 your best year yet no okay well we're talking next level triple your transaction volume crushing the competition kicking ass closing deals and taking names kind of success are you sure you don't want that no i do actually now that you just said that and that's actually what happens when you partner with boomtown the number one rated real estate crm in the game. It's got the tools and tech you need to generate and convert conversation ready leads. These leads are ready to go. To check out Boomtown and see how you can score 750 bones in free digital advertising, visit boomtownroi.com slash overask. Now that's boomtownroi.com slash overask. So we have 13 on the team, um, two admins, um, and a director of agent success. So how did you breach into luxury from the open houses? Like, because your brand is, is luxury, your suits, mm-hmm. your Instagram, everything about your persona, the way you carry yourself exudes luxury. So how did you make that transition? So um, I used to dream drive. Um, my wife, she had a, a white Nissan Altima and I, I was literally on a coaching call just before this. And I was telling, uh, telling the guy uh, about how we used to dream drive and I would go through, I never knew what the ridges were. I never knew much about Summerlin, but I would sneak into these communities and I would drive through them and I would literally be like, one day we're going to live here. And my wife would be like, dude, okay, you don't even have a bank account or a car, but (laughs) I'm like, one day we're going to live here. And when I get my real estate license, I'm going to sell houses here. So I knew that that's what I wanted because I just had it in me and I just kept being drawn to it. So when I got that first commission check, uh, after I sold the million dollar home, I shouted it from the rooftops everywhere I went. I just said, this is what I do. And because I partnered with uh, Toll Brothers here, Everything that I did revolved around Toll Brothers. So I just, over time, people just know, knew me as the guy that did all the open houses for Toll Brothers. I would find, like, I would, the ugliest houses that they had for, for spec homes that they couldn't sell, I would sit the same house every single day. And I did this thing called 90 open houses in 90 days in a million dollar home, million plus home. And when I did the 90 open houses, everything, all my, my transactions, my price point, everything just skyrocketed because I had so many leads. I met so many people and my, my signs were in the same community every single day they were like mini billboards so people would see me at like walking their dogs or at target and they'd be like hey you're the hoops guy because my brand used to be hoops to homes and that's how just people just knew me by sam sells luxury houses and when other agents from other brokerages i remember the very first time somebody asked me to come speak at their brokerage i've only been in the business two years and they were like hey can you come teach us how to do open houses i was like sure and the the first conversation what i was saying just about how i prepare for an open house people were floored like you do all that yes every single day and i i was unconsciously doing these things but it made me stand out so much that i only i only had to do one area and that was the area with the million dollar homes so i knew that i had to bring it a certain way i knew i had to uh, look a certain way i had to speak a certain way i had to just exude luxury so that's all that I did from that point forward. After that first million dollar sale, everything that I did was revolved around that house. 
that I eventually sold a year, two years later after that, the same house. That's there's a, a lot to unpack there because I am a big um, uh, believer in the law of attraction. I think mm-hmm. you know what you've done. You've you've totally manifested what you've you've built. Now I really do believe in yep. in all of that. Um, and I just need to ask about your suits real quick because we're we're looking in your Instagram. I mean, fantastic mm-hmm. style. Six ten. I'm assuming this is all bespoke. This isn't fucking. You're not going to, you know. I don't know where, where <laughs> you get warehouse. suits off the rack, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, these are bespoke because these are fitted perfectly to your body. I mean, these are like the real deal. <laughs> it's a combination, yeah, am I right here. And I and I. Yeah, okay. Right. It's it's a it's a, it's a yeah. combination. So I'll let people in on my secret. So. Um, is a combination of bespoke suits mixed with the two buck chuck. So I will find a really boxy, cheap suit off the rack and then have my tailor cut it up and trim it to me. And I would mix that with a really nice belt, really nice watch, really nice pair of shoes, really nice shirt and tie. Um, or I'll do the opposite where I'll wear a really nice suit, a bespoke suit with um, a really cheap tie, really cheap shirt and some basic shoes. Well, pretty much none of my shoes are cheap because I can't find cheap shoes on my side. So <laughs> yeah. I pretty much wear like two two brands of shoes. So I take that back. My shoes aren't cheap, but <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll mix the two. Very rarely where will I go spend a fortune on an entire outfit. It's just, it just it's not necessary because I figured out a way to, to cost effectively give the same message. And it's just something nice about having a bespoke suit. But if I can do the same thing, I've actually gone on listing appointments without a suit, just with an old Navy shirt, you know, some old Navy chinos that I've had tailored and a pair of blazer sneakers and got the deal done at two million bucks. Or I wear a bespoke suit. I'm going on a listing appointment today. This time, this time I'm dressed for five, five million bucks. And, you know, I don't I don't think anything that I have on is bespoke today. Probably my watch is probably the nicest thing that I have on. So do you ta- yeah. do you tailor your outfit to your client? Like you know, if you'd known someone for a few years, do you you know throw on Never. sandals and shorts? No, you're always suited. Never got it. Nope. My wife hates it. We will go to Target and I will put on a full outfit. Oh, I'm shit. never going to have you my wear client a suit just yep. to Target. Like I won't, it may not be a suit, but I'm gonna be dressed up because I I don't ever want my clients to think that I'm not working. You never know who you're going to run into. And one time. One time it happened one time where I met uh, another top luxury agent and we were scheduled to go to lunch um, in like two weeks. And I run into him at Einstein Bagels and we had just dropped our kids off at school. And my wife said, hey, can you take the morning and spend it with me? Took my suit off, put on some sweats and some Nike slides. And I go to Einstein Bagels and he is the person that I see with a client dressed properly and there's me looking like a schmuck in some sweats. And people that were in there were all gravitating to him, saying hello to him. He was speaking to everybody. And in that moment, I understood, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Because I didn't even want anybody to see me. The first thing, all I could think was, I hope I don't see anybody I know. I hope I don't see anybody I know. I hope I see you don't. And I, from that point forward, I never did it again. <laughs> That's learned, Yeah. Huh? I mean, I yep. have, I have a... All my uh, suits are bespoke. I don't know why I don't wear them. Uh, I should mm-hmm. start wearing them more because now that you said that, I feel like I, I could sell like, I could 10X my business if I just walk around in a suit. <laughs> I mean, there, be- it's, this uns- 
it's this unspoken thing, I, and it happens all the time here. Like I'll be at uh, I'll, I'll ne- I was going to uh, to lunch at this restaurant here uh, in Summerlin, Vintner Grill, and I saw another uh, young gentleman. He looked like not not in real estate, but in some other business. But a really nice suit, really really nice suit. And then I was dressed really nice, and we kind of make eye contact and gave each other the nod. <laughs> and then it was that nod, like. That's a really nice suit. Yeah, that's, you got some swag. Oh, you got some swag too. We had that look because it's not common to see men, even at, whether it's summer, doesn't matter if it's summer, doesn't matter if it's freezing outside. I'm always going to be dressed because that's how, that's the message that I want to convey to people because they're going to judge you when they see me, especially me being 6'10". Everywhere that I go, I'm going to be judged. People now, they either, you know, they ask, do you play for the, the Raiders? I'm like, no, I don't play for the Raiders. I'm supposed to look like a basketball player. I don't know right. if that's an insult or a compliment, but <laughs> no, I don't play for the Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> like I put on a little weight, but I mean, dang. Um, but, but I'm like, no, you know, like they, like they're playing. Like I would be in training camp with someone. Why am I wearing a suit and I play for the Raiders? And it opens, like you said, it opens up a conversation to where, no, I don't play for the Raiders. Thanks for the compliment though, or insult, whatever you choose. But uh, no, I actually sell luxury real estate here in Summerlin. Well, that's interesting. The market must be great. Yeah, the market is doing phenomenal. Our team, we're actually uh, projected to do over $200 million in business this year, and it's been absolutely phenomenal. The market's crazy. And did you know that there were less than 200, uh, t- uh, 2,200 single-family homes on the market? And then it's only 367 homes above a million bucks on the market. Did you know that? Of course I know they don't know that. But what that does is now, in this brief connection with them, I become the person that has information that they didn't know. And when I give them my card and get that information, they can now connect that moment to the 610 guy that looks like he plays professional football, wear a nice suit to being a specialist in our real estate market every single time. I feel a lot of I feel, inspirational, uh, you know, like you have like a gravitational pull about you, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you talk, it's with such confidence, you're you know, you're, you're so good at, um, you know, articulating the exact message uh, about real estate. Like even that like 10 second pitch you just gave me was, you know, very capturing. So fantastic. It was, it was great. So you do coaching now too, as well, correct? Mm-hmm. So where, yes. where did this coaching influence come from? When did you realize, Hey, I could actually teach agents how to sell luxury real estate? So I never wanted to, I never wanted to coach. I never wanted to have a team, never wanted to lead people never wanted to be on social media, never wanted to be the the person that's in the spotlight. I'm it may not seem like it, but I'm I'm an introverted extrovert. Like I'm extroverted because I have to be because I can't hide from people. I don't get to put on the baseball cap, some sunglasses and fly under the radar no matter where I go. I'm just a tall guy with sunglasses on and a cap. So I never got the chance to really be outside of the spotlight. So everywhere I go, I'm a magnet for people. So then I said, okay, I can use this to my advantage to sell more real estate. Then I got to the point where I start, people started to ask me for help. Like, Hey, how did you do this so quickly? How did you, you know, how did you break it to the luxury market? And then I, for, for several years, I would just go to brokerages. I would teach classes. I would do all this stuff and people would come back to me or send me a message like, Hey, I said exactly what you said and it worked. I did exactly what you did and it worked. And then I started to to hit a wall. And my mentor, he basically came to me and said, Sam, if you want to grow and you don't want to work seven days a week and and do the Heisman every time you're on a date, you know, you pick up your phone, your wife, the, the server comes to the table and you're like, wait, wait, hold on, hold on a second. Wait, hold on a second. Yeah. You know, like if you don't want to live the rest of your life that way, you got to you got to build a team. You got to scale. And the only way you can do that is by building. 
So I started building the team. I went and, you know, hired an admin and started doing that whole process. And I started delegating all my buyers and I, and I started working on just listings. Then I got to a point where I'm like, man, I got a lot of free time on my hand now because all I'm doing is, you know, focusing on multi-million dollar listings. And my coach, my coach at the time, he said, Sam, if you, you know, again, if you want to build, if you want to scale, you want to work three days a week and earn more. Now you teach somebody else how to be you on the listing appointments and only do what only you can do. You should either be being with people, being the face of the business or going on higher price listings and then delegating everything else. You delegate everything and only do what only you can do. And then I got more and more time on my hands. So then I started to teach more agents and then those agents started to build big businesses. And as they started building big business, I'm like, man, like this is great. And everybody started to come to me. And then I got to the point where I'm coaching agents and I'm not selling real estate. And they're like, Sam, you can monetize what you say. Like you, nobody knows what you do. So you got to get on Instagram. You got to start making videos. And like, why don't you take pictures in your suits and let people know, like, you know, this is who you are. So then I started, you know, making the, then it's like, but you got to do reels. So then I started doing the reels. I started doing the fashion reels. And then I hit a point where I'm like, dude, I don't want to put on another outfit and batch content and do all this other stuff. Like, this is not what I do. I sell real estate. Then I evolved into more people finding me. And then I said, all right, if I'm going to do all this, I'm being spread so thin. I need to organize all my thoughts. I need to organize, separate my, you know, I love to, to, to encourage and empower and inspire people. But I also like to help people in a way that, you know, all the stuff that I've learned, how can I return it? How can I, I, I learn, I earn, and then I return it to people. And then you have to figure out a way to monetize that, Sam. That's what my mentor told me. So fast forward to now, I decided that saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again to brand new agents, it was burning me out. So I put it in a course and I, that's when I created the course. And I said, hey, if you want to know from start to finish what you need to do here, go watch this course. And then they would come back and they'd be like, dude, like every, this is great content. And it worked. So then I said, well, show me how, like, what do I say to this? What do I say to that? What do I say to this? And I'm like, all right. So once a week we want to meet and we're going to handle objections. So then I started doing that and it just evolved and evolved and evolved. And I had this crowd of people that are like, teach me more. Yeah. So, yeah. How has, how has Reels impacted your career? Oh, tremendously. Um, some of the some of the business that I have now, um, multi million dollar clients have found me through reels. Um, I have so many so many agents have found me. Um, just the the ability to reach more people. Like I understand that people people in the business that are experienced in the business may say, "Oh, door knocking, um, cold calling, circle prospecting, open houses." That that's the dinosaur way of prospecting. There's never a wrong way to connect with people. So if you do that. That's one way, but you're limited in the amount of time that you have, the amount of people that you can reach. But if you can do that um, and, and, and parallel match that with the online presence doing reels, now you can document yourself doing the open houses, doing all that, making a reel about what you're doing. Now you can 10x your business by showing, by documenting what you're doing and you can reach more people. So now you show people that you're an expert, show people that you're in the market, and you can show people your fashion, that you like to sew quilts, whatever it is that you like to do. And you can do that through the power of reels. Your reels have a great variety as well. You're always in different mm-hmm. locations. There's a lot of agents that kind of hit a note where they have a specific style and they do that yep. same thing consistently. Matt's really good at it too. He has car ramp videos. He has skits. He has music videos. I try to do it with my content too. So you have great variety and you have multiple shows or not shows, but concepts. You have 
the elephant in the mm-hmm. room where you're literally like stroking mm-hmm. a well not stroking you're you're lightly petting a, <laughs> a, pet. such a such a terrible word to use terrible. well whatever i mean you're rubbing the head of a you know stuffed elephant or whatever but it's called the elephant in the room and then yeah you'll say that it's a great hook it's you know visually funny and appealing and then you immediately start mm-hmm. talking about something that's kind of taboo like exp or something yep. like that right mm-hmm. so these yep. are great shows. I don't really have a question. I just wanted to say I love the variety of reels that you do. And I think every agent needs to go look at Sam's page right now and just see how the different locations, it really helps bring people in because they don't know what they're going to mm-hmm. get with each piece of content. Thank you. And I, the reason why we we started doing that, because we just took, we look at people like like Gary Vee. Yeah. If you if you look at what he's said over the last decade and how it has actually come to pass, why not go find like don't recreate the real, don't re- reinvent the wheel. Follow a, a a system that works, and he goes just mass produce content, put out content, and the people will come. So I'm not concerned with likes, I'm not concerned with comments. I'm I'm concerned with providing value and then being consistent with putting out content. We're just we're like I come up with an idea. I, I have a Slack channel where I just dump a bunch of ideas in, and I have very 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 creative people around me that are way smarter than me that are like, hey Sam, how can we say the exact same thing but put it in a mini series where it's elevant in the room, and then people can get to know me with candid with Sam or people coffee with Sam where I provide value where I literally I, w- I used to just be sitting at a coffee shop and I would get a Slack message or a phone call or Zoom or, or something from an agent and I would just give them advice on what they should do, how they should handle this objection, how they should go back to the client. And they're like, yo, you should have put that in a in a video. They're like, that was good. That was really good. So then we just started to say, all right, every time I go to a coffee shop, I'm sit there and I'm going to start taking my one-on-one appointments with my clients and I'm going to start recording it. And then that became coffee with Sam. So, yeah. The other great thing about video too, is I say this all the time is you really are duplicating yourself. It's working for you when you're not working. Like you're here right now talking with us and somewhere someone is seeing your video and getting value from it. And Mm -hmm. that, you know, you could be getting a lead right now. Someone could be messaging you right now from a video. And it's just working yeah, 24 Hopefully somebody's seven. in my DM getting this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's genius. Yeah, well, I'm sure after, yourself? I've never heard that before. I like that. Oh, yeah. thank you so much. I'm a, yeah, so I'm a genius, but um, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. We don't have to talk okay. about that. We don't want to get into that right now. But uh, yeah, I'm going to be actually throwing that into my, uh, I'm speaking at a couple conferences that's going right in there. Um, I like it. Yeah, I just thought, yeah, thank you. Was, I mean, hey, sometimes it just, you know, strikes, right? Thank you very much. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, flabbergasted yeah, yeah. now. I don't know what to say. Um, but no, the the yeah, it, and it's really cool. But uh, what I was gonna say, Sam, is you know, after this episode comes out, I'm sure your your DMs are gonna explode because this is the number one podcast in the world. So yeah, um, yeah. So look for it. <laughs> absolutely should. And all the <laughs> deals that I'm gonna get. Um, do you to, do you do one uh, percent referral fees? We do it all. We do. We, we get thirty percent for anybody that we send out. <laughs> yeah, thirty. I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. So yeah, are you, but, um, you're recruiting right now, right? Like, is yeah, that, so is that kind of always, your goals with the content as well? Get more. Yeah. Agents. So we want to attract. Yes, we want to attract agents to our team. So we looked at the brokerage model, the the brokerage business model of if someone, if I wanted to create a brokerage and I wanted to be the broker, what would it take? What what what's the positive cash flow in the perfect world? What would that look like? And then I said, well, rather than do that, why not? I just build a team and the team actually has has more access to me as a broker. 
people, most of the time, they can't get the amount of access that they need. But if they're on my team, they can get more access and I can do more, um, more, more frequently. And it's, it's a better, it, it makes more financial sense to do it that way. Um, running a big team as a brokerage rather than going to start a brokerage. So we're always looking for talent that is willing to work, that has the the belief system um, that if they just get with the right people, that their life will change. Every person that comes onto our team should leave this team better than which they came. And that my only request is that they share it with somebody else. I want to make a significant impact on the world. I want to leave it better than when, than when I came. And I'm the bridge between what has been and what will be. So that's what our team stands for. People that can belong before they believe. Jeez. <laughs> Sam, you should, your voice, you should be on that Calm app. You know that Calm app? <laughs> Holy shit. The Calm app where you, oh, yeah, you yeah. they talk and yeah. like with like some waves behind them. Like if you talk real estate <laughs> with some waves behind you. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, that's true. Some waves would be nice. Yeah, that would be great. I know. It's like that you is have hilarious. like I think the best voice we've had on the podcast. Would you agree? Eric? I appreciate that. Yeah. Silky. Like you Jason Benab had a good but, voice, but yeah, Sam's. Yeah, Sam's but it's very good. it is very engaging. Um and I can see why you do so well. You know, there's a ton of reasons why you do so well, but when you're face to face with someone at a listing appointment or something, that voice is very engaging and it really does draw you in. Thank you. I've never, nobody's ever said that, but I'm going to take it. I'm going to take you it. Teach that in your course too, how to get the vocal yep. cords to project <laughs> yeah. that type of calming ability. Yeah. Yep. The first thing Eric. you need to do. Yeah. Yes, Matt. <laughs> You want to get into a not so rapid fire? Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll we'll hit you with some two quick questions. You're with EXP Realty, correct? Yep. yep. Tell me why I should join EXP Realty. Um, are you the type of person that wants more for yourself? Let me ask you that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> are you the type of person that likes being on a hamster wheel or being in a rat race? Yes or no? No. No, you don't like being in a rat race. No. Are you opposed? Are you opposed to doing the same exact thing that you're doing right now, but providing more opportunities for yourself and for your family? Are you opposed to Certainly that? Certainly not opposed to that. How could you be? Awesome. So we have a couple opportunities within real estate where you can do the same exact thing, but you can provide more opportunities, not just for yourself, but for your family as well. Would you want to hear more about those? Yes. Okay. That was great. Awesome. That, was, that went a lot better. That was really good. Yeah. So you should also end with EXP, like he's 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 finished. You should also okay, go for it. Go you got for more. It. I want to hear the rest. When I joined EXP, I didn't join because of the stock. I didn't join because of the revenue share. I didn't join because of any of that. I joined because of my mentor, not my EXP mentor, but my actual mentor, my life mentor. He sold his brokerage where he had over a hundred agents, and he left the company and joined EXP. And everybody thought he was crazy. Everybody thought I was crazy because. I just said, I don't know anything about this company, but I'm not joining because of Glenn Sanford. Didn't even know he was the founder at that time. I wasn't joining because of, you know, the stock and all that stuff. I joined because of Aaron, because of the people, because of the proximity. So the brokerage doesn't matter. Nobody has ever hired me or fired me because of my brokerage. They hired me because of me. So when I joined the brokerage, it was because I had proximity to somebody that was doing multi-million dollars in, um, in, in transactions and then uh, in, in volume. And then he was doing several hundred transactions a year. And he had what I wanted, freedom. He was going, traveling, doing whatever he wanted to do. And I wanted that. So I went and sought out that. Then 
I happened to look up a year after being with EXP. He told me, he asked me how many shares I had. And I said, I have no idea. I opened my Broadridge account um, at that time when they were with Broadridge instead of Morgan Stanley. And I had $80,000 in shares just sitting there, had no idea from doing the same. I didn't do anything different. I still did a bunch of open houses, still door knock, still did everything. But now I had an addition. Then fast forward another two years later, me and my wife bought a million dollar house and it didn't come from any of our earning, our earned income. It came from EXP. So thank you, EXP. If that's something that you would like to experience, I can show you how to experience something like that. If you want to just continue going deal to deal and after you get that commission check and then go chase another one, I can show you how to do that as well. But you can choose red or blue pill. I mean, what would you like? Geez. Red pill. <laughs> red pill me now. I mean, <laughs> Sam, hear, hear me out here. here I, I'm telling you, that pitch waves. Like, just put that on your link tree. Just just put it on. Don't even write join EXP. Just put that on. Be like, do you want to, you know, better your life? Do you want to buy a million dollar house with not even using your fucking income? You know, you say it much more, much nicer than I do. But, um, <laughs> but with, 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 some, with some waves, I'm telling you, dude, you're going to say insane. I, I, I mean, I just I have so many ideas now. This is fantastic. Eric, I think you should join. <laughs> yeah both of you well, should i'm you know, thinking about it you know now we're starting bam broke agent media we have to be brokerage agnostic here so but it's a great pitch it well, is a, that's the thing honestly the best you I've can heard. still be the same thing just just like i'm the same coma luxury group just like i was uh hoops to homes powered by exp it didn't change yeah. you know it never changes the brand doesn't change just the opportunity the opportunity to earn more yeah. while doing less we'll, we'll talk multiplying yourself yeah there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, he also forgot to mention, Eric, that he's 6'10, and if you don't join, he'll kick your fucking ass. <laughs> I'm far enough away. I'm in LA. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Las Vegas isn't too far. I mean, he was telling us he put out 35 open house signs. He was probably putting some out near your neighborhood. I mean, that's, that's all along the 15, away, 600 miles away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. I got it. I gotta, I gotta ask you that. I mean, this question has been, I'm sure you've been asked a bunch of times, but you know, the people want to hear it from, you know, you're a professional basketball player, uh, LeBron James or, or Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. Perfect. I don't think it's very much an argument anymore. I, I think no. everyone chooses Michael Jordan. Well, if what, my what's personal... the reason? Yeah. Well, I, I connect, I connect with MJ and the, in the aspect of like that style of basketball is all that I knew. Like MJ was just a dog. LeBron, he's talented and gifted in his own way. Now he's a dog and he he has moments where you, where you can see that dog where he gets upset and you better move out of, out of the way. But that's not how he plays. He's a smart freak of nature. Or Giannis, if you look at a player like Giannis or Westbrook, where they just had like, they just got that dog. That's all that they like. You better move out of the way because they're going to get what they're going to get. LeBron is a type of player where he has a dog and he's going to be intellectually smart when he releases the dog because he's thinking long game rather than um, immediate. So it's a different style of play. He's a great phenomenal player, but I would rather I lean to more toward more towards MJ or even Kobe before LeBron, just because I could I, that's their stories resonate more with me. Last Dance helped shape a lot of people, shape that argument for a lot of people, I think. When people saw yeah, that, like, yeah. mid-pandemic, there was nothing else besides that. Mm -hmm. You were like, holy mm -hmm. shit, this guy yep. is 
ridiculous. All right, Matt, I'm going to steal your question here, but with a little twist. Please. Okay. Oh, no way. I'm excited. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sam, if you had to work with one NBA player, past or current, as a real estate agent, who would it be? Um, can I give a two-part answer? Yes. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I want two players. Okay. I want, you know, I got to I got to pick two players. So, Kevin Garnett is my favorite basketball player because he is a dog. Um, and that's what I resonate with, just that, that work. The diving on the floor for a loose ball, even when you're up 20, it never ends. Like, that's who I want on my team. But Steph Curry, because his ability, his level of influence, and who he is as a person, I want that on my team because the agent with the most friends wins. He's a very likable guy. Yes. Great answer. Yep. Yep. Brought that brought that full circle. Yeah. I'd got to go. Mm-hmm. I would have to go Michael Jordan or Kobe just for their work ethic. I feel like yeah. it's just un- they just don't lose. They're they're so competitive. Yeah. They just wouldn't. Yeah, I mean that that would be mine. But um, that's the perfect combo. Sam, you got good cop, bad cop though with KG and Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I don't know enough. I just know the big players to be yeah, honest. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm the MJ in the in the I'm the MJ of the of the real estate team. So, right. you know, I'm the MJ. I got of, I gotta of this the podcast. I would say not this one specifically, <laughs> but you know, Eric, you know myself. this, Eric. You're the Scotty Pippen to my Michael Jordan. We've Absolutely been over this not. tons of times. Yeah, maybe I mean, in a Scotty Pippen's a great player. Years ago. Hey, great, great player, great player. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, he's he stayed in his lane. He knows what he does. He does it good. <laughs> he does it well. But you know, you don't overstep. You don't come into. Right, I make right, the big bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have a nice life. Yeah, but no, it's not. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's not, extra- it's not extraordinary, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, although I did see his house on Architectural Digest, he's a nice man, Scotty Pippen. I I enjoyed that episode. Anyways, okay. back to you, Sam. We really appreciate you having on. It was, having you on. It was uh, great to meet you virtually. I know Eric met you in Vegas, but uh, mm-hmm. where can the people find you, Sam? So uh, on Instagram or all social media for that matter, uh, at the Sam Coleman. The Sam Coleman on all social platforms. And if you want to know more about the courses and what we teach or joining our team, go to thesamcoleman.com. Epic. Thank you Amazing. for coming Thanks on. So if you are watching on YouTube, make sure to give this a like, subscribe. If you're watching on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, hit us with a review. Thanks for coming on, Sam. Yes, yeah, smash that, Thank smash you guys that so much. subscribe button. Smash it. Yeah. The Broke Agent presents Ask Podcast.